Hello and welcome to the One Wrestling Podcast, your one-stop shop for discussions and reviews about the vast world of professional wrestling. Each week we pick some topics or shows to discuss from whatever promotion we feel like discussing that week. Mostly Pro, pretty much only Pro lately, since that's the only thing happening, but uh, we'll talk about other stuff whenever we feel like it. I'm your host TJ, better known as Aspir, and with me is my co-host and wife Caitlin. Hey everybody. In this week's episode, we're going to talk about Enfants Terrible and their invasion of all Japan. Including, I'm um, introducing her to a couple of matches, just a few standout matches for each guy in the in the fashion, which I think she'd appreciate and get get everyone a better taste of who they are. And if like what we're talking about, you can check them out yourself. I'm gonna drop them in the description, so check that out. And then we're also gonna talk about our thoughts on the uh, DDT Weekly TV, which took place on five two. So other than that, though, uh, what you been up to? Same same old same old. Yeah, pretty much same old, same old. Uh, just trying to get through another month of this, I guess. I don't know when we're going to be back or when anything's going to be back. <laughs> yeah, I think earliest we're going to get it, even back to work is July. And even then, I don't think we're, we'll see, I guess. I don't know how the summer's going to be. <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure either. And now I'm, I kind of just read before going on here that there was like a different like strain, I guess, or mutant of... Uh, coronavirus, so I'm like, that sounds great, and it's possibly more contagious. Yeah, I think no one knows what the fuck's going on, really. Like, I, I read today, they found out that they found a case from, like, December in France. We're not here to talk about that, because, honestly, I'm in a pretty good mood today. I mean, my, all my boys are landed in the same spot, so I'm, I'm feeling safe with that. Uh, Higuchi's got a sword now, so that's awesome. I keep, I think that, and I, what's the, what's the song, like, Jamie's got a gun, or whatever, something like that? Yeah, Jamie's got a gun, I think. Yeah, but I, I keep I thought about that earlier. Now, now like the past like hour, I've had yeah, yeah, like Higuchi's had a sword. All outs on the run. <laughs> Maybe I should make that the no, title. Should, no, no, no. It has to be Yoshihiko has a gun. If you're gonna do it that way. Oh, yeah, that's true. Yeah, because that actually rhymes. <laughs> but um, yeah, I have to remember that. Maybe I'll make something like that the t- the title of the episode. But and then yeah. I've just been uh, doing my same old, same old, working on the Wrestle One stuff a little bit. Uh, been putting up a lot of gifts lately because I've been bored. And I've just been watching the uh, some of the shows and making what gifts of random shit and doing updates to the website, especially today since Kuma debuted and all that. But uh, I've been playing a lot of Assassin's Creed Odyssey at least the past couple of days. I decided to pick it up because I could, right now with Uplay, if you subscribe, to their subscription service you can get like a month off or like half off or a month for like half off so i'm d- diving into that i think it ends on the 7th so if you have a pc and you want to get in on that uh, as soon as you listen to this hopefully you listen to this before the 7th i guess but uh i think that's really all i've been up to i haven't even been watching any anime you haven't uh not really so not a lot of exciting stuff right now for us i guess but uh, something a little more exciting is we actually have a lot of news this week, and mostly it's good news. Um, start off with some non-pro stuff. Uh, Cody and Lance Archer went on to the finals of the TNT title tournament in AEW, which will take place at Double or Nothing. Uh, it's kind of dumb the show is still even happening, but even dumber that they're gonna try and pay make people pay fifty bucks for it. But uh, I, I I get it because they have obligations. Because I'm sure the I think the uh, People they do pay-per-views through, they're they're required to do at least four shows a year, and then I'm sure they demand that it be fifty dollars. So they probably are 
kind of twisted behind their back, but yeah, it still kind of sucks. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like you said, it's just kind of stupid, but I get it. I guess that they have the obligation with the pay-per-view people, whoever do it. I don't know. I I don't know how interested I am in this. I don't know if I've just been kind of like zoned out on AEW or what, but I'm just like, eh. I want Lance to win this instead, but I, God knows who will actually win this. I think it'll be Lance kind of have a more of a better story of uh, Cody chasing for it and then eventually getting it, I guess. And But beyond that, it's like, who fucking knows what's going to be on this card? For one, we don't know if Hangman Page is even going to come down here because he's, he he's probably stuck in Virginia or does he even want to come. Is Nyla even still, like, I, I don't even know if she'll come. I don't, I don't even know where she's from, I'll be honest. And then you got, like, the Bucks and all that, the California crew. I'm, I'm sure the Bucks are going to come, They're, but who knows? Like, the Jungle Boy might not want to come, whatever. MJF, there's no fucking way he's going to come down. Supposedly, he was supposed to be facing uh, Mox for the title at this show. So I don't know who Mox is going to face now. Can I just say I'm just glad that that match isn't happening, at least for right now? Yeah, I don't know. We'll see, I guess. We'll I'm sure we'll find out more tonight. This is the first live... Not tonight, Wednesday. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> All the days blend in together now, man. It's awful. Um, and then more non-pro stuff. Uh, and less happy... Or it's happy in a good way, in a different way. ROH has canceled all the th shows through June, which... Good for Party Marty keeping uh, his uh, talent safe and not making them run shows during all this, but they can only do this for so long, I guess. I mean, they have Sinclair, which is, they probably forget they ROH even exists on their budgets. Yeah, they probably look through their budgets and are like, what the hell is this? But it may be such a small charge that they don't really care. But yeah, good on him for uh, taking care of his talent and not making them do this like AEW and... Dota you're making them do, but sort of different situations, I guess. More good news. Drew Parker is uh re-signed or signed an extension with uh, Big Japan Pro Wrestling through April 2021. I'm really happy for the guy. I thought he, he's fit in really well so far, and I'm just glad they've I guess they've seen enough of him and really like him and gonna keep him on long term, so good luck to him. Yeah, I think that's a pretty good signing for uh Big Japan. You know, everything that I've seen from him, he's been pretty solid. So I really hope that they have some long-term goals for him. And then other Big Japan news, that's not good news. Uh, they've canceled all the shows through May, but they are also uh, crowdfunding money so that they don't die. Like, that's literally what it said. Uh, hopefully those in Japan will uh, see this and uh, help them out if they're able to. And then us uh, foreigners can also donate. You have to like kind of cheat with it a little bit because you're supposed to have a Japanese address, but you can figure it out. There's guides online. Like I don't, but um, as of recording, I think they're at, like 69 percent, seventy not seventy percent of the funding they wanted. I'm pretty sure it was 69 percent when I looked like an hour ago. But um, like I said, if you are able to drop them a little bit, obviously not everyone is in good financial situations right now because everything going on. But uh, I don't want to see another Japanese promotion. Hit the hay, or that's what's weird saying. I hit the hay. Um, die. I guess it's just say I don't want another promotion to die. Like I've already had to go go through that with Wrestle One, so I don't want that. Wish that on any other fans. Like I'm not a huge fan of Big Japan, but I enjoy their stuff for the most part. So, and like I said, I just don't. I just want other fans to have to go through what I've 
had to go through this a few months ago, so. I'll drop a link in the description if you want to drop a couple bucks. I finally pulled up the link. Um, it does look like they're at 69% towards their goal, so they're at about um, it's like 6919700 out of 10 million. So, I mean... And they raised that in like three days, four days, something like that. There's still like 38 days in it, so I think it was four days because it was 42 days to begin with. Yeah, so you still got a month to donate if you're interested. Uh, next, uh, Sego Tachibana appealed on Instagram Live to participate in DDT, so it seems like that's going to be his uh, landing spot, at least for a little bit. Pretty much Ikemen told him to, and then uh, they had Ashino on that same IG Live to kind of tell Takagi and them about Tachibana and why he'd make a good fit, and... I think he just did another one today with Takagi on like Zoom or something. And these guys have been really active on IG Live. <laughs> like Ashina has been on IG Live like every fucking day, and Ikemen's been a lot too lately. Like him and Tachibana were have been doing a lot. I was watching one. It was really funny. Like they were just like making each other write out other wrestlers' names, and they fucked up the kanji <laughs> half the time. So that made me feel better myself because I don't. I, I'm so bad at names in Japanese. And then. uh as far as Noah goes, uh, they're back to running shows. They're in three show, three new shows in like the next week and a half, or this coming week and a half, or however you want to say it. They just had a show on uh, May third, which was a uh, Congo versus Sugira Gun show, which had uh, all like six six singles matches and then a six on six elimination tag match, which uh, Congo ended up winning. I haven't watched the show myself, and from everything I've been told, it's not really something to go out of your way to see, but I'll probably still check out some of the matches. I want to see, like, Yoshioka and Sugira's uh, singles matches, even though they lost, and I'm not, I'm not even getting into all that. Uh, then on the 9th, they're going to have a show headlined by Nakajima and Sugira for the national title, which is going to be hype. And then the next day, they're going to have a show called Muda Fantasia. I have no idea what that's going to end up being. So we'll see, I guess. <laughs> and then, uh, yeah. Muda and Marafuji teaming up. I didn't say it here. <laughs> oh, right, yeah. I forgot they're doing that. Um, yeah, it's, it's like Muda, Muda and Marafugi, not Marafuji, because it's like the great Muda-esque Marafuji. Yeah. And then, I forget who they're facing, like Sakuraba and something, I think. I don't it's, it's, I think it's some older heads, but I can't remember. Yeah, it's whatever. It's, but, um... So, yeah, more Noah coming, so that's good. Maybe May's not going to be as dry as we all thought it was going to be, especially uh, with the next announcement. Uh, King and Gate 2020 is going to still take place, thankfully. We'll see. Best Super Juniors might get canceled, but uh, King of Gate's at least happening. It's going to take place between, uh, or the opening few days at least, are going to be the 15th, 16th, and 17th. Uh, this year, it will be contested under a tournament format with uh, 24 competitors split into three blocks. And then the winner of each block will advance to the final or semifinals. While then every one that's been eliminated thus far will be in a battle royale to determine the fourth semifinal spot. So far, the uh, or the competitors are uh, A Block, KZ, Kyo, Yamato, Ryo Saito, Dragon Kid, Diamante, Yosuke Santa Maria, and Tsusumu Yokosuka. B-Block is Kaido Ishida, the returning Jason Lee, Thank uh, BB Hulk, Keisuke Okuda, Genki Horiguchi, Kai, Big R Shimizu, Naruki Doi, 
And then C block is Kagatora, Benke, Strong Machine J, Ada, Kazuma Sakamoto, Masaki Mochizuki, Dragon Daya, and Takashi Yoshida. So uh, pretty good blocks and some good uh, first round matches. So I'm excited to watch this. Yeah, looking through these matches, I'm I'm pretty excited for this, even without the fans. Gonna be interested to see uh, who ends up uh, being in the semifinals. I think we got a. I think it's gonna be a lock that there's gonna be two RED guys. Depending on who you, you think that's going to be, we'll see. But I've seen a lot of people saying uh, Ata and Big R are going to go on to the semifinals. I think Ata is probably a lock. I could see either B, uh, Big R or uh, BB Hulk going on to the semifinals. And then a lot of people say Yamato for A block. And I can't really say no to that. I, I mean, I'd love to see KZ be the one. But he already got a title shot this year. And I don't think they're going to do it. Run it back again. But, I mean, he could always lose, I guess. And I've, I've got no idea who's going to win. Uh, B block. Well, like I said, I'm, I think it's going to be one of the red guys, actually, but as far as who's going to be the fourth guy, I mean, that could be anybody, really. And then our last piece of news, uh, President Sanchiro uh, Takagi will be live on YouTube to discuss DDT's future performances on uh, Wednesday, May 6th, so kind of tonight for us, really. I think it's like at noon. Something like that, yeah. East Coasters? Yeah, so you guys listening don't know what's going on before we do, so. I have no idea what it means. It kind of sounds a little ominous, but honestly, any kind of big announcement kind of sounds ominous right now, so it might not even be a bad thing, but Takagi has said in the past that um, if it hits bad enough, they could end up having to fire people. Yeah, when you told me this, I definitely got nervous, just hearing like you know oh yeah this company has an announcement to make in this climate right now is honestly always going to sound really scary so i hope they don't have to fire anyone or have to you know i doubt it's a closure um i hope maybe it's just a happy thing and you know we get some some announcements on shows later in the year but i, I honestly i don't know what this is going to be i i like my gut's telling me it's not gonna be bad news, cause, yeah. but like the um, state of emergency in Japan is was extended till the end of May, and honestly, it's pretty much a toothless state of emergency anyway. People are just doing what they want right now anyway, but it's still hurting the wrestling companies because of the no fans aspect. But maybe they're just preparing for what they're gonna do in June, maybe. Cause I can see that. I wouldn't be surprised if they extend the state of emergency again after this, or at least begin their uh, plans to open up the country. So maybe he's just going to talk about like what po- potential things they can do in June. Who knows, really? That makes me feel better. <laughs> and uh, that's it for news. Now let's get into the uh, what what's airing this week. On uh, May 2nd, DDT aired live on DDT Universe, the show we're going to talk about today, which was being evented by... Uh, Tetsuya Endo and uh, Kazusada Higuchi for the, uh, it, it was a Saitama sword, Sa- any... I think it's basically just right to challenge sword. Yeah, that's what it is, yeah, that's my bad, I was thinking of the gauntlets. <laughs> but, um, it's basically the same thing as the gauntlets, I don't know why they didn't just call it, like, Anytime Anywhere Sword or yeah, something, but. that's what I'm gonna call it that. I'm not really sure, like, if there's a difference, maybe, uh, Haku-san can, uh, tell me, but, <laughs> who knows. <laughs> Uh, Ice Ribbon aired on that same day live on Nico Pro and or Nico Nico and YouTube. You can probably find the uh, replay on their uh, their Nico Nico channel. 
Noah aired live on May 5th on Abima. So it's not on Universe, so you have to find it by other means or have a good VPN, I guess, to watch it. But uh, like I said, it was Sugiyar Gun versus Congo and singles matches and then a big elimination tag. So check that out if it interests you. Zero One aired live on that same day on Samurai, which was main evented by Chris Weiss and Kohei Sato in the main event where uh, Chris Weiss became the new uh, Zero One champion. And then uh, Hartley Jackson is going to be his first challenger. <laughs> it's an interesting way to do. I don't know what I don't know what their plans are with this. It just sounds wild. I I don't know. I hope they have something planned with this because that's it's it's something I guess. Then uh, all Japan uh, aired live today, um, May fifth, or quote unquote live on uh, Samurai and All Japan TV. Which is main evented by a tag title match between uh, Kento Miyahara, Yoshitatsu, challenging uh, Violence Giant. And then this weekend, or well, actually, before I even get to that, <laughs> uh, Gotta Move has been airing live on YouTube the past couple of days uh, May 3rd, May 4th, and May 5th. A bunch of different matches. So if you're in, in a Gotta Move, check those out. Then on May 9th, Noah's going to air live on Samurai, uh, be Nakajima versus Sugiyara for the national title is the main match. I don't know if they really announced anything else for that, but I think that's really all they announced. And then the same show, uh, DDT is going to air uh, episode two of their TV on DDT Universe. It includes uh, Chris Brooks versus Shunma Katsumata in a hardcore match. Chris finally gets his revenge for uh, yes. Shunma getting unblocked on Twitter. <laughs> yeah, he got his account uh, freaking... What was it? Suspended. Suspended, yeah. Gonna have uh, Dino, Harashima, Somatsukao, and uh, Keigo Nakamura for the Iron Man title. Which I should... Yeah. Uh, Taka... Takashita versus Gota Hashi. Akito versus Yoshihiko, which is gonna be a mess. <laughs> and then uh, there's gonna be more matches, but that's really all that's been announced so far. And then uh, Noah's gonna air live on Abima April... Or not April. May 10th. With the Muda Fantasia show. And then on that same day, 2AW is going to air live on Samurai. And I don't, I don't know if we have a card for that. I, I haven't really looked into it too much. I just know it's airing that day. But uh, actually a pretty packed week this week. I didn't realize there was so much going on this week until, you know, going through this. So I'm pretty surprised. To be fair, I'm probably not going to watch God of Move, at least not for a while. And... And I might not even watch 2AW. I need, there's so much, I've got so much 2AW I need to watch. So maybe one day I'll just sit down and watch all of that and go through it. Because I've heard some good things about a lot of it. But uh, that's it for really pro. And then you got your like weekly airings in like the West. You got Impact tonight on 8. I think it's like the North are defending the tag titles beyond that. I don't, I don't even remember what else is happening. Oh, fuck. What's his name? Jake something. And jo- Joseph P. Ryan. My bad, guys. Oh, yeah, they're having a rematch from Rebellion or something. I don't know. I'm not going to watch it, probably. I mean, depending on who the North face, I might check the recording of it, but who knows? I don't think they've really said who it is yet. Other than they're going to be a Canadian tag team because they're stuck in Canada. Then uh, AEW is on Wednesday. I have no idea what's going on on that, other than Mox is going to be live. Oh, yeah, they're going live this week, if I didn't mention it before. And then uh, AAA is going to continue their uh, TV show on Saturday. That's what I haven't watched last week's. It's like, yeah, this is going to be episode four. Last week, last Saturday was episode three, which we haven't watched, but I watched the first two. But, uh, 
got a little bit of something to, for everybody, I guess, to watch this week while we're all stuck at home. But uh, let's get into our uh, one of our main topics for this week, which is Enfants Terrible. Little uh, brief introduction to who they are for uh, all you uh, All Japan fans who don't watch Wrestle One and don't know who the fuck these guys are. That just injured your promotion and they're now like kind of running rough shop so far. They've pretty much they won every match so far. I did a full episode of this uh, talking about Infants and more specifically in Sh- uh, about Shizuru Oshino in a previous episode when I was still doing this solo. Don't go back and listen to that. It's bad, but if you want to. It's a little more in-depth. I'm going to try and be as brief as possible. And by that, I mean I'm probably still going to talk too fucking much. So, I'm sorry ahead of time. Uh, before I want to before I talk about the uh, the faction itself, I just want to give like a quick rundown on each guy in the faction. Or at least as far as the faction goes in all Japan now. Uh, the first person I want to talk about is the leader of Enfants, Shotaro Oshino. He's the uh, former ace of Wrestle One, and he's the leader. Like I said, he's a homegrown Wrestle One talent. He came up through the system and has been there ever since until now. He debuted in uh, 2015 and been there ever since. He uh, joined All Japan to face larger opponents and just evolve as a wrestler as a whole. And even with Wrestle One gone, he's kind of still trying to fly the banner of it. He's a one-time Wrestle One Grand Prix winner and two-time Wrestle One champ. He holds the record for longest reign. Which he had that reign was in like uh, 2018, 2017, but I'll talk to that talk about that in a minute. He's uh, known as the master of suplex, which means he's pretty much one of his main off- pieces of offense are various suplex, and uh, his main finishers are the ankle lock and the T-bone suplex. The next one I want to talk about is uh, Yusuke Kodama. He just debuted. He, de- he debuted in the same show that uh, Ashino did, which we're going to talk about. He was a founding member of the faction with uh, Ashino and Tachibana in 2017. He's trained by Tajiri, so no wonder he ended up in All Japan, where Tajiri's pretty much an office guy now. And uh, the two came over to Wrestle 1 in 2014, and like I said, he's been there pretty much ever since. He holds the record for the longest title reign with the Cruiserweight title, and I think he's hold- held it twice off the top of my head. Uh, he was mostly in face groups until he betrayed New Era in 2017 to form Infants, where he adopted his current persona, and ever since he's kind of it's been this creepy gremlin boy. <laughs> but uh, his signature moves include uh, Fox Splash and Corkscrew Moonsault. And then lastly, the guy who just debuted today, uh, Kumo Arashi. He's more of a tag team specialist, and he's basically the muscle behind the group. He's, uh, his main move, or his signature move anyway, is a Diamond Senton, which, that shit will flatten you. I don't know how people take that, I don't know how people take that move, like, it's, he's so big. I remember we kind of talked about that earlier, I really don't know how people take, um, Senton, especially from dudes that are that big, I'm like, God bless you, because there's no way I would literally probably be killed. But, um, he was originally called, uh, Kumagoro, Kumagoro, back when he was in a tag team with Koji Doi, where... Those two uh, hold the record for the most title reigns with the WrestleMania tag titles at three reigns, and Kuma himself holds is like second in most reigns as an individual with the belt at four. He also had the longest reign with the uh, result title, which is WrestleMania's uh, secondary title, which 
I would I don't know if I would want to credit that to him because he basically defended it twice and he hated the belt to the point where he relinquished it and that's why he lost it. Like I think Cage Man still says he has the belt when he doesn't. He lo- he relinquished it in like six, so it has his reign in like five hundred some days, but it's more like one hundred sixty six or something. I think I did the math and it's something like that, but still, still beats the uh, previous lo- length. So I'll give him a little bit of credit that he's the longest champ, but uh, he's a really strong wrestler, great tag guy. Which goes to show in the show we watched today. But uh, that's it for everyone. And bias. do you have any questions about any of these guys? Um, no, not really. I think that was the gist of it. So let's get into the faction itself. Infant's Three Blades, a faction originally from Wrestle One, but as we'll talk in a bit, have now jumped to All Japan. After Russell One shut down, but if you're going to talk about the faction, you kind of have to talk about the roots of it, like where it really came from. Which is obviously it came with the leader Shotaro Shino. The roots really come from uh, 2016 when uh, Shotaro Shino was in the um, stable Trigger with Shuji Kondo and Masaki Kono. He participated in the 2016 Grand Prix but lost due to injury, and was sidelined the rest of the year. And then would later return in January of the next year and challenge Kono for the Wrestle One title. He claimed that he loved Wrestle One because he wouldn't be a professional wrestler without them, and that he wanted to take the company higher, even to uh, Sumo Hall in the Tokyo Dome. Obviously, not going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> he won that title and would leave Trigger to go solo, but obviously, he still needs a tag partner because he ain't going to be doing singles matches the entire time. <laughs> And that partner came in the form of uh, Seiko Tachibana, a young wrestler from Pro Wrestling Ace, which is, or was, Russell One's uh, kind of entry league, kind of like basically their NXT to WWE kind of deal. Uh, the two had tagged together until Tachibana was tossed aside by Ashino after, a, him, after he failed to enter the Grand Prix that year because Pro Wrestling Ace had a tournament to um, determine who would get a spot in the Grand Prix as a member of Pro Wrestling Ace. And... Tachibana made it to the finals, but would end up uh, losing to Takanori Ito. And afterward, Ashino was like, nah, fuck that. Fuck that. I, don't, I don't tag with losers, so get out of my face, basically. <laughs> even, the, even so, they still ended up tagging together again soon, around the Grand Prix. They would uh, tag together in July to face uh, Gontaki Tanaka and Yusuke Takurama of New Era. The two would win, and after the match, Kodama joined uh, Tachibana and Ashino in beating down Tanaka. Seemingly betraying New Era and siding with Tachibana and Ashino. At the falling cork, and Kodama would attack the leader of New Era and officially join the two, now with the name of the group revealed as Enfance Terrible. And then in September, uh, Masked Man would attack Andy Wu, and Ashino revealed he would be the fourth member of Enfance, naming him Drunk Andy. <laughs> because, oh, he attacked Andy Wu, and he's got the same mask as Andy. It was like just, it was basically just Andy's mask, but black. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He's like in a janitor outfit. <laughs> During all this, uh, Ashino was on a run with the belt, becoming the longest reigning Wrestle One champ, while also racking up the most title defenses. But all the things come to an end, and Ashino would lose the title in March 2018 to a man that's been haunting him since 2015, Manabu Soya. Soya, originally, uh, Ashino was in the Grand Prix that year and lost to Soya. Then in 2016, as I said, he was knocked out of the tournament due to injury. Guess who his opponent was? Soya. <laughs> But, uh, as I said, good things were 
come to an end, but there's still more good things to come for Enfants as they would receive a new member in Kumagoro, now Kumo Arashi. Kumo would lose the tag titles in April and then uh, attack his long-time long uh, tag team partner Kujidoi to join Enfants. But and lesser, less happier news for Enfants, I guess, depending. But uh, Tachibana wasn't long for the group either. In May, uh, Drunk Andy revealed himself to be Kenichiro Arai and, attack- and kicked Tachibana out of the group after he lost to Ikemen in uh, two matches in a row. One was for the result title, and then the second one was just a no DQ, like fans bring the weapons match, which is ridiculous. Then the uh, next month, Kodama would bring some gold back to the faction, winning the Cruiserweight title to kick off his nearly year-long reign. Oshino would win the Grand Prix that year and regain the title. But then, uh, pretty much this entire time, Enfants were more of like a heel group, but they were still the top group in the faction, in the promotion, and and Oshino was still the ace. But, uh, pretty much once uh, Oshino won the title back, they became more of a... uh, anti-hero group, trying to stop the invading force of strong hearts. But it really wasn't their story to tell, unfortunately, because Ashino dropped the title to T-Hawk in January 2019, and then would fail to win the Grand Prix to get a second chance at T-Hawk to be the one to defeat him. Instead, he began feuding with former Enfants member Tachibana after he and Shuji Kondo won the tag titles. They were going to have a match, but uh, Tachibana ended up injured. This led to Ashino and Kodama winning the tag titles and holding them until the company's last big show in March 2020. But before then, both both of them uh, they took part in the Russell One Tag League in 2020, as well as Kuma and new Enfants member Rene Dupree, who would go on to the finals of the tournament to lose to uh, T-Hawk and Shigehiro Irie of Stronghearts. Then, uh, one of the last real notes on Enfants' careers in Russell One Ashino had to yet again step up to stop an invading force in February of this year. He had failed to defeat T-Hawk, but Dakinaba had been able to do so. But he would then immediately drop the title back to Katsuhika, or drop the title to Katsuhika Nakajima from Pro Wrestling Noah, who uh, disrespected the company and the belt, just throwing it around and shit. And of course, that would uh, piss off Ashino, so he had to step up to defend the company's honor, and but uh, still failed to do so. Who knows if he had a uh, done it later in the year if the company hadn't closed maybe he could have been the one to beat Nakajima but in the end it was uh, Kasuyashi the company's president but uh really this is all just a really long roundabout way to say Enfants is a storied faction with lots of accolades that hope everyone's as excited as I am to see them in all Japan <laughs> long winded but you have any questions about anything about them no I think you went in pretty good detail over everything in a short amount of time so like I said, I did it a lot more long-winded than that in a previous episode, so hopefully I condensed it a little bit here. <laughs> but, uh, as I said, uh, other than just going into everyone, I wanted to give her a little first-hand knowledge of who all these guys were, so I kind of cherry-picked some matches for each guy who I think would uh, showcase to her and to you all, if you don't know them, who these guys are, what they're capable of doing in the ring, and just how great they are i don't know <laughs> but uh the first match of course we got to talk about the leader shotaro shino the match i decided to go with was him versus manabu soya from march 14th 2018 this is the match that ends his uh historic title reign before i go into my spiel do you have any uh thoughts on the match um 
I thought it was good. <laughs> Sorry, I like kind of spaced out there for a second. Um, yeah, I thought this match was really good. I didn't take any notes on any of these just because I wanted to get the full experience. Um, so I'm pretty much just gonna say they're really good, but it it really was good. Um, Ashino attacking Soya's arm the whole time was incredible, and also all the selling was really really good. So I see why he likes this so much. Yeah, I didn't take a whole lot of notes on the, these either, just because I'm rewatching most of these for like a, not the millionth time, but it's been a little bit. <clears throat> just mostly want to talk about just the people themselves and the time period. I don't know what I'm trying to say, but many people uh, believe this would be the was the best match in Wrestle One history, and it's hard to really blame them. Like for one, the fans on Twitter voted for it as the second best match in the company when the company closed when they were doing the little voting for that. It's also one of my favorites and probably my favorite Soya match ever. This match was the uh, final, like I said, the final match in Ashino's reign. And with this match, they made sure to end his reign in style, really. Like, the reason I chose this is because it shows off all aspects of Ashino's game. It shows the uh, cocky asshole top of the company side of him, which, fingers crossed, we'll see in all Japan one day. And he wins the Triple Crown. But it also showed him uh, selling and just barely hanging on and just couldn't any longer in the end. And obviously it showed how great Ashino submission game can be at times, and in general, I thought this was a great um, encompassing of Ashino and who he is, and how, like what he brings to the table as a professional wrestler. The next match was uh, Yusuke Kodama versus Seki Yoshioka from September second, twenty eighteen. I chose this match because it was really in like the middle of Kodama's big title reign with the cruiser belt, and it was right before uh, Yoshioka would join Strongheart, so. He's still rocking bright colors at the time. And uh, it kind of gives you a good look at Yoshioka, too. I think this might be uh, one of the better matches I've seen from both guys, really. For sure, the match, uh, if people ask me about either guys, this is what I'd recommend, which is why I had Caitlin watch it, obviously. Honestly, I think both guys are super underrated juniors, but it's not surprising considering they're from Wrestle 1, so no, not only people watch it. But since both guys are in promotions with more eyes on them now, I'm excited for people to find out just how great they are. I do think Yoshioka has gotten even better since joining Stronghearts, so I'm excited to see him mix it up with the Noah Juniors. Yeah, again, another good match. Um, I love I love Yoshioka's bright colors, so I hope I see more of that. But probably we'll we'll see what happens. Um, uh, but like you said, I am really excited to see him mix it up with the Noah Juniors because I think he brings a little bit of a different style compared to most of them. He's a lot faster from what I've seen so far. Not saying they're all slow or anything, but that's just what I've noticed from him. Yeah, Yoshioka's kind of already lightening up his color scheme because now yeah. wearing all black anymore. But I just like he became a whole different guy when he turned heel and joined Strong Hearts. So hopefully he gets to keep a little bit of that edge that he got from working Strong Hearts. And then Kodama, it's nice seeing him kind of go like like I was saying, Infon's kind of went more of a tweener route later in their run in Wrestle One. And so far, it seems like uh, they're more of a badass heels kind of going in all Japan. So I'm excited to see uh, Kodama kind of go more towards the heel route. And thought this was like one of his better matches in his career. So give that one a look if you're interested to see what Kodama brings to the table. And lastly, I chose uh, for Kuma, Kuma Rashi versus Koji Doi from September 1st, 2019. It's kind of hard to decide on a match for Kuma. Like he's basically been a tag guy his entire run in Wrestle One. 
first as a part of New Wild Order, and then his tag team with Doi, and then lastly with Infants, Ashino, and Renee. But I wanted to have her see a singles match, so I chose this one, and he, he's had other singles matches in his career that have been really good. Like, he had a title match against Ashino back when he was still Kumagoro, and he's had a few matches with Doi, and there's there are good singles matches for him, but I just wanted to do a more uh, recent one for him, and I knew she would like this because she's more she's loves these like br- hardcore brawls and shit. It was a no DQ match where uh, the two tag former tag partners explode and where Kuma like started bleeding Im- almost immediately, <laughs> which was just wild. It, it helped the match a lot, I think. And uh, I'm just curious what happens with Kuma in All Japan. Like unlike the other two Enfants members, I'm not sure he has a there's much of a place there for him. Like I suppose him and Ashino could go the for the heavyweight tag titles. But beyond that, I'm not really sure what else he can do since they don't really have like a secondary title. And I don't know if I'd strap him with a big boy belt or he'd be a challenger, I guess. But the thing with Russell one is I think he had a little more upward mobility, which I don't really see he has much in all Japan, because if anyone's going to get anything, it's going to be Ashino, I think. Um, yeah, like you said, I definitely enjoyed this match. <laughs> Right from the start when he got busted open from from the first chair shot. Yeah, I was like, Yeah, this is gonna this is gonna be really good. They just tore into each other. That shit was brutal. I was like, geez, guys. Bunch of CT all over the place, but you know. <laughs> but I think it was wrestled um pretty well too. So I think if you like more of the hardcore stuff, you'll like this. And if you don't I mean, I don't know why you wouldn't, but <laughs> I think you'll like the wrestling aspect of it, too. So I'm excited to see a lot more of uh, Kuma. But uh, that's our uh, little deep dive into Enfant. So hopefully, if you barely heard of these guys, never heard of them, hopefully uh helped you out a little bit, get a better hold on who these guys are and what they bring to the table. And uh, definitely check out these matches. And there's another match we didn't get to talk about it. I... I put it on the dock, but neither of us watching. I honestly, I didn't feel like watching it either. Like we, no. but it's like one of my favorite Russell One matches, and it's uh, Seiko Tachibana versus uh, Shotaro Oshino from the Russell One Grand Prix 2019. I'll drop it in the notes, but it's definitely one to check out if you're if you're a DDT fan and you're interested in see what uh, Seiko Tachibana can bring to the table. Personally, I think that's his best match in his career, and one of the best matches of 2019, especially for Russell One. So. Uh, Definitely check that one out. Hopefully, this isn't the end of uh, Tachibana interacting with Strong Hearts. Hopefully, we can get another Ashino and Tachibana match, even if he ends up in DDT. But, I mean, honestly, he might just be DDT like a freelance guy, not actually signed there. Tachibana for damn hearts. Yeah, I've, been talk- I've talked to people a few times. Like, I don't know where he's going to end up. Like, if he, if he, assuming he ends up in DDT, where does he go faction-wise? And I don't know. We'll, we'll have to wait and see, I guess. But let's get into uh, some actual wrestling shows. First, we're going to talk about the shows where Enfants debuted for All Japan, starting with the show from April 30th. All Japan Pro Wrestling Broadcast 2020. All Japan Pro Wrestling's Desire to Deliver to the World. That's a long title. That's a long title. <laughs> Thankfully, I don't know the title for the second show because I don't think it's up on Cage Match yet. The first match on the show was a singles match. Yuma Aoyagi defeated Black Men's Array in 825. I don't really watch Mensore much, so I forgot he comes out to a remix of Shots. <laughs> and I'll say this every time until he changes it. Aoyagi needs to needs new music. Like, 
it's not heel music, and it, like I don't know, it, like it's guess it's kind of ironic that he's coming out to this yeah. boun- bouncy pop music when he's supposed to be an asshole. But I don't know. I liked Yuma taunting him early on and kind of kind of stealing uh, John Carroll's point from Twitter. But uh, Japanese promotions are starting to realize you can just start being more loud, and it'll help these young people chose a lot between the wrestlers in the crowd, wrestlers being loud, and then just having wrestlers in the crowd making noise. Cheering for whoever, which it's kind of what other promotions have been doing. It's like AEW's been doing. So, and I like uh, last week, and like I said, last week commentary helps a lot too. So, didn't really help a whole lot in this show because they're kind of more subdued. Wait, there wasn't any commentary on this. I'm thinking about the DC show. I'm stupid. I, I got you. <laughs> well, I'll have stuff to say about the DC show once we get to it. <laughs> but uh, anyway, as far as this match goes, uh, Match is fine for what it was was with uh, Yuma getting the roll up win and I don't know it was a little eight minute opener not much to say about it. I was gonna say I liked that uh, Black Moon story came out the shots so that was a high point for me. Like you said, nothing really technically wise like super blow away. I had fun watching it so if you want to check it out you can. It's it's not gonna be like your match of the year or anything. It's just a fun opener. The next match with a tag team match. Jin, Jake Lee, and Koji Iwamoto defeated Purple Haze. He's an Agi and Zeus in 846. It's kind of hard to me to get into a Purple Haze matches half the time, and this one wasn't much of an exception. He's an Agi and Zeus jumped them before the bell. Just cheating throughout. Not quite as much as usual, I guess, but <laughs> it had it did have uh, shit like uh, Zeus pulling the ref out before uh, she could count to three at one point, and Izanagi tried to use a chair by hitting Zeus, but ended up hitting Zeus instead. And I don't know, fine enough match, I guess. I like the bits with Zeus and Jake Lee together, but beyond that, it's just kind of Purple Haze match. I don't know. Yeah, I'm pretty much just going to start out by saying I love um, Iwamoto's gear. I love what he comes out in. The mask is just super sick. Uh, But like you said, I think the match was fine for what it was. I did like Jake Lee and Zeus's interactions, but that seems to be because I like Zeus. I like Jake Lee, but I like Iwamoto too. Um. Other than that, it was just... It was alright. Uh, the next match was a tag team match. Junakiyama and Tajiri defeated Shuji Ishikawa and Yusuke Okada in 938. I love the brawling on the outside with Jun and Shuji both trying to throw each other into the cameraman. That was just hilarious. Yay! And uh, honestly, I was kind of like the this, this stuff with Tajiri and Okada, which kind of surprised me a little bit. Like, it's nothing special, but I don't know. I, I found myself really entertained by this match, especially because it was followed by June. Uh, this stuff with uh, Tajiri and Okada was followed by June brawling outside with the kid outside while Tajiri distracted the ref. June was just terrorizing him throughout the match. It was just fun. It's so funny. Match just a fun time. Can't really can't believe we are already going to get be getting Okada and Kodama, which we're going to talk about tonight. And I thought the match was going to bang when I first heard about it. We'll talk about it in a minute, and you can find out thought about it. But yeah, it was just, I don't know, entertaining match for me. Yeah, I was gonna say I was actually pretty entertained by this one. Again, nothing like blow away, but it's not something that you're just gonna be bored with the whole time. Like you said, I love, I love when um, June and Shuji were trying to throw each other into the cameraman. I think that was really good. Um, again. Not much to really go into detail here about, but, you know. 
Honestly, Akiyama's been kind of a highlight on these past two shows. Like he, he's been so fun, and he's been good in the ring too. But he's just been like, inter- he's been he's been really entertaining, especially on like the next show we'll talk about. But uh, the next match was Evolution: Hikaru Sato and Swama defeating Dan Tamura and Yoshitatsu in 1302. I like how Tatsu's belt matches gear and like his color scheme. Like, like he comes out with the fucking like. Well, his gear's like Spider Man inspired. Yeah, and like he. But it's just on point. I just love how it matches. I'm like, it's perfect. And it's funny, like I don't think it's it's not planned because he's had like the Spider Man motif for like ever. It's just now he has a blue and a red belt. <laughs> but uh, this is kind of less of a match and more just Dan Tamara getting his ass beat. I love the more technical stuff with Sato and Tamara early on, which was uh, followed by Swama just murdering him. Uh, once Tatsu was able to get the tag in, their side was get, able to get a little more offense in. I don't know. It was, overall, it was a good match. Like, I don't know. I just really enjoyed watching this. It's not like a spectacle or anything, but just fun to watch. And as I said in the beginning, uh, Tamura was a focus in the match, but I also think it was kind of the best part of the match for me. Yeah, I was going to say, this was fun for what it was. It was just a big, chaotic mess, especially near the end. So I can't really complain too much about that. Uh, yeah, I don't have much else to say about that one. It was just fun. And, uh, Tamara out here looking like the long-lost Congo member. And the all-red, all hair, red hair, red trunks. <laughs> but uh, After the match, uh, Suwama and Tatsu uh, were uh, brawling around, and it led to a singles match between the two, where uh, Yoshitatsu defeated Suwama by DQ in 310. It's a three-minute match, so what's really to say about it? But it did give a little bit of a justification for the tag title match that was set up for the fifth. Match ended when uh, Suwama refused to release Tatsu from a sleeper hold when they were under the top rope and the ref just, like, DQ'd him for it. And uh, I love backstage. Or, like, after the match, basically Tatsu laid out the claim for, like, oh, me and Kento want a ta- chance for the tag titles. And then backstage, Suwama and Ishikawa were just laughing at him. Yeah, that shit was pretty... That shit was funny. Um, but, yeah, like you said, it was just a three-minute match. They were pretty much just kicking each other's ass the whole time and can't really say too much about that but all i wanted to say was yoshitatsu and kento world domination the next match was a tag team match shotaro oshino and yusuke kurama both debuting for the company defeated hokuto omori and takao omori in 927 with uh yusuke kurama being the ex to be oshino's mystery tag partner i figured he'd keep it but i'm glad uh Ashina got to keep his music, and now the question at the time was whether Kodama would still be using Skillet and keep the spirit of Wrestle One alive with their weird taste in music. And uh, Ashino and Kodama jumped the two before the bell. The video packages for Ashino before his debut kind of led me to think he'd be more of a face in all Japan, like the way he's been talking and stuff. But uh, him and Kodama were really healing it up in this match. Both were basically tweeners for a while in Wrestle 1, like I said earlier. But uh, it's cool to see them basically being more uh, dickheads here. Ashino was laying in some serious punishment to Hokuto. His offense looked really impressive for his debut in general. I didn't get to see as much as Kodama as I would have liked in this. But it's not really surprising, considering the length. And it was basically supposed to be a showcase for Ashino and what he brings to the table in All Japan. So far, I like what they're doing with Enfants, especially Ashino. Immediately pairing him with Jake Lee. Because I think those two are going to have a banger once they actually meet 
in singles match. All right, so I pretty much like fell in love with like everybody in this match. I'm pretty sure you noticed, but <laughs> um, like you said, I think this was a really good showcase for Ashino. I do agree with I uh, wish I saw Kodama a little bit more, but I mean he ended up getting a singles match, so I guess that complaint isn't really valid for me. Uh, the match was good. I. Kind of wishes a little longer, but I get it. It was just a highlight showcase, whatever. But I do like that Ashina was paired with Jake Lee right away. I guess I should have mentioned after the match, uh, Ashina was basically like, I came here to wrestle big guys, not small guys like Hokuto. And then he basically called out Jake Lee. And that's how we got that happening for the uh, next show we're going to talk about. But, uh, I don't know what I was going to say. Oh, yeah, I definitely know you uh, were liking Hokuto because you were asking questions about him immediately once you saw him. I sure was. <laughs> but um, overall, the match is just kind of... It was, it, was, it was a pretty good match, but it was mostly just a showcase. Nothing really special. But a match I liked a lot more than that. The main event was for the All-Asia Tag Titles. Yeki 2, Kenju, Isami Kodaka, and Yuka Miyamoto successfully defended against... Akira Francesco and Kento Miyahara in 24-15. Honestly, Ak- Akira looks a lot bigger. Or, not a little lot, but... He definitely looked a little bigger just compared to his title match with uh, Susumu a few months ago. This kid's been bulking up quick, and... Overall, he really impressed me in this match. His continual improvement has been uh, really fun to watch. Like I've said before, I kind of gravitate naturally towards the young guys. The stars are cool and all, but I like watching young wrestlers gradually develop and overall just improve. Overall, this was a really good to great main event, but that's what you'd come to expect with everyone involved. I thought Kento and Miyamoto in particular worked really well together. Akira's mat work with Kodaka was pretty incredible too, and as I said, uh, Akira was really impressive in general in this match. Like, honestly, I'd say Kento kind of played second fiddle to uh, Akira in this match. Like, he had his, his points too, but I think the real star of the match was Akira, and he did most of the heavy lifting. I love the finish with Akira hitting a Meteora only for Kodaka to super kick him into getting a pin by Miyamoto. And yeah, it's a great main event. Don't skip it. This was a good point, like bringing up with the whole no fans thing. Uh, the boys around the ring were chanting Kento, so that kind of <laughs> that kind of hyped it up a little bit. So I like that. Um, it kind of sucked because... I know when this came on, my dad had called me, and I had to help him get some Mother's Day stuff, so I kind of missed a good portion of this, sadly. Uh, But from what I did see, it was a really, really good main event. Like you said, I don't think this is one you want to skip, but again, if you just look at the names involved, that's pretty much almost a given that you want to check this out, at least. Um, I am interested in Francesco a lot. I think he... I think he looked really good here, especially keeping up with Kodaka. Yeah, I'll have to show you his um, title matches with Susumu from, like, February, I think, or January, because that was a really great match and probably, like, one of his best matches. He's Like, he's been improving, especially this year, so he's definitely someone to keep an eye out for everybody. Then the uh, next match was the All Japan May 5th show from today. Thankfully, it aired before we had to record, so I really want to talk about this. Especially when they basically confirmed Kuma was going to be the fucking ex. 
That's sort of, they did not try to hide they this at all. Well, it's like they even with Kodama on like the pre-match graphic, they showed his graphic. Like they they were doing fine before, but then as soon as like the show aired and you could see the pre-match graphic, like you knew it was Kodama. And then they went ahead and put that out for Kuma early on, like basically the same day. So it's like you immediately know who this guy was. It's like, oh, it's a large guy with a mohawk. I wonder who that is. But um, either way, I wanted to see his debut and talk about it a little bit, but more matches on the cards. So let's talk about the early matches. Don't have the times for these because Cage Match hasn't posted them, and I guess I could have looked on All Japan's website. Let me pull that up. Alright. Uh, the first match was Hikaru Sato defeating Izanagi in 845. Uh, before the match started, Izanagi came out attacking Sato with a police baton, which led to Sato just wrestling his entrance gear for the majority of the match. At one point, uh, Izanagi was just biting into his thigh or knee. I don't know what. Like, Izan- like Izanagi was pretty much focusing on his knee for most of the match. But uh, once Sato was finally able to get his entrance robe off, he picked up the win. And uh, it was, I don't know, his fine opener. Yeah, I thought it was an okay opener. Nothing amazing or anything. The next match was a uh, tag match. Tajiri and Akira Francesco defeated Hokuto Amori and Dan Tamura in 11-13. That's kind of, I felt that, that really? I didn't think I was that long. Yeah, I thought it was a little shorter than that. But, um, match was fine. Young boys all look good. Tajiri with Tajiri. Don't really have much to say about this one. Akira picked up the win over uh, Dan Tamura, so pick him picking up the win when Tajiri's in the same match with him is kind of surprising, I guess, but. I guess Tajiri gave the boy something, but they honestly like him and Tajiri, or Tajiri seems to like him a lot. If Twitter's anything to go by, yeah, I was gonna say, uh, match was match was a match. It was fine, nothing to blow home about. Everyone looked decent, so I can't really complain here. It it is nice to see Francesco getting that kind of win over Dan Tamura. Yeah, it's like he's just picking up a win over a young boy, but it's still like. You think if uh, he's in a match with it, with, when he's in a match with Tajiri, Tajiri would want to take the pin, but uh, at least we didn't have to, at least we didn't have to hear, hear uh, Tajiri's entrance music again. I don't really like it that much. What? 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 You don't like his music? <laughs> Not really. It's fine. I don't know. <laughs> anyway, uh, the next match was a singles match. Zeus defeated Sugutaka Sato in nine fourteen. Nothing stand out, but it was a good little exhibition singles match for Sato. Zeus actually gave him a little more than I expected, but uh, Sato is contracted to another company, so I guess you did have to give him something. At least I think he signed a zero one. I'm not really sure if he's putting pen to paper or not, but he's still in a big thing with zero one, so I think that's why they gave him a little bit more. But I don't know, fine match. Yeah, again, another fine match here. Nothing to really complain about or rave home about. So. Yeah. Just uh, another X Wrestle One guy getting on this card, man. There's a lot of X Wrestle One guys on this. Technically Tajiri is an X Wrestle One guy. You got Sato here. And then you got the next match, uh Jiro Kuroshio. Him and uh Junakiyama defeated Takao Mori and Black Mensa Ray. In eleven Ikemen almost tricked me into thinking he was going to just walk into the ring like he was like acting like he was going to and then immediately jumped out. Did his usual thing, including uh, running the ropes on the ramp. And then uh, Akiyama was doing Ikemen shit too. Like he came out wearing like 
the same face mask that you can imagine Jacko was made out of. And, like, he was doing the same thing, running in and out of the ring, avoiding staying in the ring. The ref the ref was fine with Ikemen doing it. I guess he's used to it. But once Akiyama was doing it, he's like, no, stop. <laughs> and, uh, I don't know. It was just a pretty silly match. Uh, Mentore got unmasked by June, so technically they lost. But then they restarted the match. And uh, Mentore stole Ikemen's jacket and put it on because Ikemen stole his little hand thing. And, I don't know, it's just a fun match. Yeah, I was going to say, I think um, Ikemen gave uh, Akiyama the mask backstage. It didn't seem like he was going to wear it, but obviously he came out and he did, and Ikemen was pretty happy about that. I I loved all the antics with that shit. Akiyama cracked me up doing that. (laughs) Um, But again, like you said, it was a really silly match. It's nothing that's, like, match of the year contender. It was just a lot of fun. Especially being up so early and getting to watch that. The next match is a singles match. Yusuke Okada, or Yusuke Kodama defeated Yusuke Okada in 10.07. It kind of felt longer than that. Yeah. Not a bad way, I don't think. Like, uh, Kodama still came out to skillet, so all is right in the world. Wrestle 1 lives on. Uh, match was good. Pretty grapple heavy early on. I, I thought Okada looked great in this in particular, but he's really good at mat wrestling, so I'm not really shocked. And honestly, I think he's just one of the best juniors going right now, especially in All Japan. Not to say Kodama was bad in this, obviously, because he wasn't. I love the dude. Just, I think Okada outshined him a little bit. Uh, finish was good with Kodama hitting the double stomp off the top rope, followed by his frog splash, and good uh, first win for Kodama. Yeah, of course, as soon as I heard Skillet hit, I was like, oh no, here we go. <laughs> I knew you were going to be happy about that one. Uh, match was good. It was pretty solid. I did really enjoy Okada here. I mean, I enjoyed Kodama too, but like you said, I think Okada looked just a little bit better than he did. But that might have just been, you know, Kodama has to get used to working in all Japan, so it's kind of like, oh yeah, whatever. But no, it was it was a really good match. I'm excited to see more from Kodama as well. I say I'm happy uh, Kodama is coming out to skillet again, but I've had that song in my head like all fucking day. <laughs> uh, I might make that the the intro this week just yeah. to do it. <laughs> but um, yeah, like I said, good a uh, good intro for uh, Kodama for all you all Japan fans, and be to excited to see him wrestle more guys like. I'm excited to see him and uh, Iwamoto mix it up next week. It's going to be a tag match, but still, I'm excited for that. I, I love Iwamoto. And uh, speaking of Iwamoto, Shotaro Shino and Kumarashi defeated Jake Lee and Koji Iwamoto in 1436. That, was, yeah, that, that sounds about right. Like It, it blew by, but I thought, that, 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 that sounds about right for the time. But uh, as everyone expected, the X was Kumarashi. Now all of Infants are back together again, and I'm a happy man. The main guys, anyway. I'd love to see uh, Tachibana end up there sometime, or at least participate a little bit. And hey, they got the, the Dragon Gate connection. Arken can always come over and chill out every few, have a little bit. But I think Renee's. Well, I don't know. Noah and All Japan are kind of tight too, a little bit. So little bit, yeah. could always see Renee come over too. But who knows? But uh, man, uh, Ashino and Jake in a singles match really needs to happen ASAP. I thought those two looked really good together in this match. I like Jake taunting uh, Kumo with his height, even though they don't look that much. Like, it doesn't look like they differ in height that much. 
I mean, uh, <laughs> Kuma's uh, mohawk helps a little bit. Just but in general, I think their height are, looks similar just while on camera. Though fucking uh, Jake had had those long ass arms, so it makes him look taller. Especially when you're doing the whole the who little, yeah, who wants to grab t- test? Who wants to who yeah. wants to touch me here? Touch her. That's, that sounds weird. <laughs> but <laughs> but <laughs> grab hands here, and you gotta try and jump to reach their hand or whatever. But it was a really great showing for Kuma here, uh, but he's always best in tag matches. They really made him look like a monster in this. He was absolutely destroying Uemoto, including a spot they've done in a few times now, but uh, where Kuma just stands on the guy while he's holding on to the top ropes with uh, Ashino, just while Ashino hops on the top rope and hops on his shoulders and to add on to the weight, and it always looks like it hurts. <laughs> You know, I always feel bad when there's a team that does that kind of shit. Heavy guys, you know, laying on them. And then here comes a little guy. Or a smaller guy. Sorry, Ashino's not a small guy. He's just short <laughs> to get on top. That was that was good stuff. Um, like you said, I really need Ashino and Jake, like, next week. Like, right now. Not even next week. I need it now. Um, good match. Like you said... I think they showcased Kuma better here compared to, you know, obviously when Kodaka was with Ashino in their match. But, um, yeah, good stuff. I'm excited to see more from Infons here. Yeah, the match was primarily like Ashino and Kuma on a warpath, but uh, generally we were able to get a little bit of offense in near the end. But in the end, Ashino, or Iwamoto would tap out to Ashino, and honestly, I thought it was a great match. And definitely something to go out to see. And honest, like I know uh, Ashino said last on the on the first show that uh, Kodama is his best tag team partner, but I would like to disagree and say it's Kumarashi. That's your best tag team partner, and I don't know. They're both great, so it really doesn't fucking matter. Sorry. Like Ashino with either one of those two guys, it's great stuff. And so, like like I said earlier in the show, I think they've been uh, handling uh, infants very well so far in all Japan. Considering um, they're an invade, like seems like they're positioning them as an invading force in all Japan and racking up wins. And I know there was a little bit of a controversy as far as Noah and their treatment of Wrestle One guys and Soya and Yoshioka earlier and after when that show happened. But I wasn't gonna gonna get into it, but I will a little bit. I don't know if I can really compare, like, I think both Noah and All Japan are handling the guys so far well. Obviously, All Japan's doing better because they're having the guys win all the time, so I'm happy with that, obviously. <laughs> but it's also a different situation where they're an invading tag team and are invading faction. But as far as Noah goes, these guys joined previous factions and they're new guys, and I can't really blame them for having them lose in their first matches. Especially Soya, considering he's facing Sugiura. And that's what I was going to bring up. I'm like, I think Soya losing to Sugiura is not that big of a deal. Like, you're facing Sugiura. I'm pretty sure you're not going to win. Do I, They should have put him up against someone else, I think. But I guess when it comes to the, the show, I don't know. The Yoshioka one kind of upset me because I'm just like, he shouldn't have lost to, shouldn't have lost to Hal. Yeah, it's like Sugiura's the national champion, and he's fucking Sugiura yeah, in general. Like, I can't blame. Yeah. Title match coming up. yeah. Lose. And honestly, like as far as like the pairings, 
I think Sugiura and Soya is a good pairing to have mm-hmm. for that show because it was like Congo versus Sugiura Gun and basically like one on one matches. So if you're gonna pair up Su- uh, Soya with anyone, it's probably him. They could have done like um, I don't even know really for Sugiura Gun. Maybe Renee, but he went ended up facing Kitamiya, so I don't know. Yeah. And then I'm more upset about Yoshioka getting pinned. Same. But it's like one of these mat these like. Really... It's like one of these pro- like produce shows yeah. where it's a war and it's like people are gonna have to lose regardless. So yeah. I can't really hate on them too much. It's just, I think for it seems like they're basically gonna have Yoshioka just be a tag guy, which is disappointing to me. But who knows? But anyway, back to the show we're actually talking about. <laughs> uh, the main event was Suwama and Chuji Shikawa defending successfully against Yoshitatsu and Kento Miyahara. For the world tag titles in twenty six fifty nine. Oh my um, god! Really? Yeah, that that, that it was, like it was it. so long. It yeah. Suwama like was beating Yoshitatsu's ass early on, and I guess uh, Ishikawa saw this and just said "fuck" and "fuck it" and started beating up Keno's ass too. Like Keno screaming was pretty hilarious to me. Like when he was selling yeah. these stuff, and overall, it was a good main event, but nothing to go out of your way to see. I think. Match was generally just violence giants taking turns brutalizing the other two guys for the first half. Then the second half, Yoshi Ken kind of got a little more offense, including a really good near fall where I swear uh, Suwama was about to tap to Yoshitatsu there for a minute. But beyond that, I don't know. It was a fine main event. Yeah, that um, little submission that Yoshitatsu had Suwama in, that shit had me. I thought he was going to tap him out and I was going to lose my shit in like seven or eight something in the morning. <laughs> Um, but like you said, the match was fine. It was an okay main event for me. I just feel it didn't have to go that long because it definitely felt that long. I feel like this was a match that probably could have benefited from having a crowd. I don't know how much more, but you know they would obviously be screaming Kento for the most part, so that would have given it some energy for me. Yeah, I definitely think a crowd would have helped this match have a little more uh, oomph to it. Yeah, life to it. Like, like she said, all the screaming fans for Kento would have helped this a lot, and they like they really they love Uchisatsu too. So it's like that would have helped a lot when they were like doing all the selling and just like to crickets. Like you had a little bit of people, but like the wrestlers themselves. But like I still don't know if I'd call it a great match even with fans. I mean, it's hard. It's hard. To, it's hard to know because like it didn't. So, but. I don't know. I don't. I don't think. I don't think it would have been really. But um, that's uh all Japan for you this week. Overall thoughts on both shows. I think the first show was the better show. I think every basically everything was good on that show, and you had one great match in the main event, which I she didn't get a chance to see all of it. But uh, I think the second night on uh, May 5th, had the best match of the two nights in the Enfants versus Jin match. But the rest of the show didn't quite deliver as much as the first night. What do you think? I think overall I enjoyed the first night more, but I definitely think the um, second Enfants match from today was probably my favorite match overall. But I don't know. But like I said, it's hard because I didn't see all of the main event from the first show. So I'll have to go back and watch that. But I mean, I expect it to be good anyway, so. But yeah, today's show overall was just kind of, it was a whole lot of, I guess, nothingness? <laughs> I don't know. 
it still had all my boys, so I was happy. But, I know. but it's like, yeah, I was like, I, I definitely think night one was better. And the last show we're going to talk about tonight, the DDT TV show number one from May 2nd. The first, obviously, of their uh, weekly TV they're going to be doing throughout May because of the coronavirus. And we'll see how long it continues. Maybe that's what maybe that's what Takagi's going to say. They're going to continue it past uh, June. Actually, yeah, that would make a lot of sense. I'll I'll go with that. Hopefully I wake up to that being the big news. I wish that I wish DBC would come back with the weekly TV in addition to the regular shows because I, I miss Manji Manji so much. That was like the best wrestling TV show ever. But uh this show started with the obviously the entrance video they always do, but this time they changed it to show all of the wrestlers washing their hands, including some ex roster members like Kudo and the injured Masa washing his hands with his knees, which was so cute. And uh, after that, though, they uh, cut to Eno walking into their dressing room or the backstage where there were signs all over that were basically that said uh, "All Out Mino Kuroshi" or "Everyone in All Out Should Die" or "I'm gonna kill everyone in All Out." And that was I loved the, how they started that off. Yeah, that whole opening was just freaking great. The washing the hands sequence. You know, going into the uh, locker room with all that. That was so, that was so, so good. Starting off our uh, first storyline in the TV, TV TV, TV era of DDT again. And it's Yoshihiko on a warpath with uh, All Out, (laughs) which uh, was the first match on the show. Uh, Yoshihiko defeated Yuki Ino in 542 to win the Anytime Anywhere gauntlet from Ino. Ino started off trying to intimidate Yoshihiko, but Yoshihiko just responded with a blank look on their face. Ino wrapped him up in the ropes, but he dodged the uh, attack and followed up with a dive onto Ino on the outside. Yoshihiko went for a crossbody, but Ino caught him midair. And uh, Ino went for his elbow that he usually does, but Yoshihiko slid out of the ring to dodge it. (laughs) Ino hit like six or seven body slams on Yoshihiko back-to-back, and Yoshihiko reversed a torture rack into a sleeper hold. Daichi fucking wishes he could wrestle like that. Like, that shit with Daichi and Sekimoto look weird as fuck, but no. Yoshihiko, the goat, the legend, he made that shit look effortless, and I don't know. I took too much notes on a fucking match with a blow-up doll, or not blow-up doll, but whatever, but I don't know. This match was fucking stuck stuff doll, I don't know. But yeah, this show was fun as fuck. You pretty much put, like, the same damn notes that I did, so what the hell, man? This match was just a lot of fun, which I expected. I mean, Eno's great. Uh, Yoshihiko is obviously the god, so, of course, he was going to win. I, I'm i really, I'm actually really excited to see what they do with this whole Yoshihiko and all out thing. Yeah, I know, uh, Eno's just a great wrestler in general, but his fucking comedy shit, he's so he's good so at comedy. And I think he's super underrated when it comes to DDT in comedic wrestling. He's honestly super fucking funny. Whenever he's usually in shit with, like, Dino, I think he's hilarious. And like you said, besides being a great wrestler, he's he's just great. Honestly, all of All Out is good at comedy, except, like, Takashita is hit or miss. It depends. If it's, like, the cross-dressing shit, he's hilarious at that. <laughs> but, like, the rest of them, like... I'm really excited for this all-out Yoshihiko feud that's going on because it's going to be so good, especially next week when they have Akito. Yes. But uh, speaking of Akito, uh, he faced uh, Don Chikodino for the Iron Man title where he w- he was defeated by Don Chikodino in two minutes. 
This match was great because the match happened, but then they just re-aired the match like it was a manga. It was so fucking funny. Both of the facials in this were incredible and made the still frames even better. And one of the frames had Akito as like a leopard, like a cheetah, or like it was like a gazelle, and Dino was a leopard or something like that. Like Dino was hunting him, and I don't know. This show was just hilarious. It was just so funny because I definitely didn't expect that whole manga reenactment to come out. It was just, it was just super super funny. I mean, obviously, it was a whole little two-minute match. You get what you get, but it it was just so funny. It's one of those things that you just have to watch because DDT just does such a great job with shit like this. Like, honestly, Akito is probably, like, one of my favorite com- com- yeah. uh, comedic wrestlers ever, at least, like, especially in DDT. Like, obviously, he's a great wrestler in general, like, yeah, but yeah. <laughs> his him in comedy is just, he commits so hard to yeah. the comedy, and I love it. Like, he's he's so fucking great. And, um... But yeah, definitely something to check out if you're into comedy wrestling. Uh, the next match was a tag team match. Chris Brooks and Maki Ito, Neo Ito Respect Army, defeated Harshima and Pokotan in 13.02. I love the ref making Chris pump his arm up and down to Maki's uh, theme music before the match started. And uh, Pokotan was taunting Maki. Like, at one point in the match, uh, Pokotan was taunting Maki, so she just started crying. But and then when Pokotan went to apologize, Maki kicked him and started biting his tail. <laughs> Uh, Maki tried to stick her fingers in Chris's mouth to do the whole wet release spot that Chris usually does, but the ref would not let them do that at all. <laughs> and uh, Chris went for the Ichiban Kawaii spot in the corner, but crickets. So uh, Maki tagged in so she could do it, and actually she actually got a reaction. Uh, Chris ended up ripping off ripping off uh, Pokatan's head, which led to him hulking up and just do- going wild on Chris and Maki, which was hilarious. And uh, then Chris just yeeted the head at Pokaton and he put it on Maki so he could just she could do the diving headbutt to win and honestly it was a really fun match. Yeah, again, this was just a really fun match, but I expected no less coming into it with whoever was involved. Um, like I said, you pretty much took the same damn notes that I did, so I'm not repeating myself. Um <laughs> I just really love the team of Brooks and Ito. I don't know that they're just so strange when you look at them. But they just work so well together. And uh, we'll get to this later. But they did say on Twitter that they were collecting heads now. Oh, yeah. But then we see Pogaton's head later and they don't have it. Yeah, what the hell? We'll, yeah, we'll, we'll, get, we'll, we'll, get, we'll get to that in, in a coming match. But, yeah, it's like, if you're really collecting heads, why aren't you keeping them? Yeah, keep heads. <laughs> you don't, when you collect something, you keep it. But uh, speaking of Maki, um, she's doing, like, or she was doing. I think she sold out, but she was doing like digital prints of her stuff because um, shipping and all that kind of stuff. But someone I was talking to was saying like she should have done a photo shoot with Pokaton's head. Now she had it, but it's like obviously she can't now because she gave it back or however the fuck. But that would have been hilarious. But um, the next match is a three way match. Mao defeated Konosuke Takashita and Naomi Oshimura in twelve thirty five. I completely forgot Mao had a gauntlet. Like I don't. I had to tell yeah, yeah. That. She had to tell me. Like I still, I still don't remember like where he got it from. He got it from Mad Polly from like a either March or February show. It was some tag match. It was Mao and someone against uh fuck. It was obviously Mad Polly because he was in the fucking match. Shit, I forget. <laughs> well, yeah. Wasn't a uh, Moonlight Express match back when Bailey was I there? Know. I don't know, but um. And then you got Naomi out here with his hair now. Like I love the I, I love the style of it. 
like him with like the long hair and instead of doing like the slick back shit. But it's like, what is that color he's doing? I actually like the color if he gets rid of the orange in the front. Honestly, I still like it with the orange anyway, but I just liked his hair like this, so. But I'm not I'm not going to get too into that because my notes were a little too thirsty at first, so. <laughs> hey, you can say whatever you want on your own. I don't give a shit. <laughs> but, um. Match was fun, but that's really all I have to say about it, to be honest. Not really a go-out-of-your-way-to-see match, but I enjoyed my time with it anyway. The highlight was at the end when the lights went out, leading to uh, Yoshihiko hitting a chokeslam on Takashita from out to get the win. Like, that was awesome. That shit was fucking hilarious. Because uh, Takashita just looked at him like, what the fuck, how did you get here? And it was just, it was beautiful. And I'm I'm happy Mal gets to keep his gauntlet. Uh, but match-wise, yeah, it's not anything that, you know, you have to go and watch. It was just funny at the end, and, you know, I got to see uh, Naomi's thighs again, so that was nice. The next match was the uh, semifinal uh, for the DT Universal title. Daisuke Sasaki defeated Antonio Honda in 13-19. Uh, not much of a take on this one, just really another really fun match. Majority of it was them brawling around the arena, and for some reason, Pokotan was working in session, so Sasaki knocked him in the head, which he somehow had again. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, he got some beer from Pokotan, which Honda stole and tried to choke Sasaki with the beer. And then, uh, once back in the ring, uh, you, of course, can't have a Honda match without uh, going the Fox. Sasaki was able to dodge it and get him into a sleeper hold, but when the ref was checking on him to see if he was falling asleep, on the like third arm drop spot they do and that kind of shit. Honda rose his hand up and hit Sasaki with Gon the Fox in the eyes, which was followed by uh Honda hitting a shining Gon kiss on uh Sasaki and but either in the end uh, Sasaki won, which he credits to beer on Twitter, I think. <laughs> when doesn't he credit shit to beer? Um but yeah, again, not not much of a super hot take or anything on this match. I just had a lot of fun watching it. I usually do with both of these guys in their matches. Um, it's not some technical masterpiece. It's just funny. Um, but then, well, we didn't bring this up. I guess Brooks is challenging again for the title, but I don't know if Sasaki is going to accept that challenge. Yeah, I think he said he, he's not, but that doesn't mean anything. So we'll see. Yeah. But, but yeah, it's like the match was pretty much what I expected from these two guys. So I'm happy with yeah. that. And. Honestly, it was a little better than I expected because all the brawling stuff, I enjoyed that. Actually, yeah, I agree. I kind of came in with low expectations because it's like, Han, you know, Han's not like, you know, greatest ever. But I think the brawling actually really helped keep the quality of it up for me. But it was just, it was fun. Yeah, I probably would have had better expectations of it if I knew what the step was. And there wasn't really a step. It was just them brawling, but. I don't know if they had a weird step. I definitely think that would have been great. Because I know Honda always delivers in that kind of shit. But, I don't know. Fun match. And then the main event for the KOD Openweight Title Challenger Sword. Kazutada Higuchi defeated Tetsuya Endo in 24-14. Uh, this one was really weird for me. I liked the match. I liked it a lot. But, like to be honest, it's probably a great match. But, the no fan aspect of it really took me out of it. Like, I really hit my wall with no people matches in this match, which I say that, and then I went and watched the Infant stuff, and I loved all that shit. 
So it's like, I don't know, maybe it was just that night. I was in a bad headspace. I don't know. I got to rewatch this one and see. Maybe it, maybe I'll enjoy it more. Because I've seen people, like, uh, my friend uh, John Carroll thought this was, like, he's like four and a quarter stars or whatever. <laughs> but I don't know. I, I got I to gotta rewatch this. It might have just been, like, I just hit a wall that night. and But, um. Like I said, I, I could see this match just being incredible, and if there were fans to react, but there was just no noise other than the commentary, and they were pretty, really, pretty subdued to be honest. It's not like whoever was commentating for the Big Japan shit that we talked about last week. The guy had some hype moments where he got into it, but for the most part, I just felt like it was just more subdued and just didn't help with the environment. Like I said, this match just really hit me that the whole no people thing and. I will say at least uh, Higuchi was like an absolute beast in this. I thought he murdered Endo like quite a few times, and Endo was great as he always is. And the final few minutes in particular were really great. In the end, uh, Higuchi won. He got the sword, and I can't wait for his uh, first entrance with his whole uh, eruption get up and the sword. And I don't know, just hype for Higuchi. Yeah, I can definitely understand the whole uh, no fans thing because I kind of felt the same way. But at the same time, I think the match was so good that I can kind of overlook it. I don't know. It's really tough. It's a tough one. I think this match is kind of going to be like one of those hit or miss for a lot of people. I think the guys did work really hard. Like you said, Endo basically got murdered like quite a few times in this. Higuchi was absolutely fucking awesome. Um, As an Endo fan, I am sad he lost. But also as a Higuchi and Eruption fan, you know, I'm just, I'm really happy because he's going to look super sick with that fucking sword next time he has a big entrance. Um, I hope, I hope, I hope, I hope, I really want Sakaguchi to win the title so that we can get him against Higuchi because I think that would just be absolutely fucking sick. Yeah, I'd love for them to do that and have a big Eruption main event one night. But it's like, I don't know. I it, 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 well, I think it could happen. It just depends on the situation in Japan. Yeah. Like, I don't know like, if they were going to do Tanaka and Higuchi. I think they'd want to do it in a big arena and a big deal. Which honestly, that wouldn't be wouldn't have surprised me if that was the plan for Saitama all along. Pretty much. But I don't know if they're going to do that with no fans. But they probably also want to get the belt off Tanaka, so maybe they'll have Sakaguchi win it and then do the eruption match in front of no fans. But I wish that would have been a, that would be in front of fans. I so. Know. I don't know, it's just like, it's, everything's up in the air right now. Yeah, and that's the problem, it's like, everything is just so up in the air, plans have to be pushed back, you know, either changed completely, whatever, so it's just like, I hope we do see it with fans, because I don't know if it would have the same impact without it. But, uh, overall, the show was really fun, I don't think there was anything particularly bad, and everything was fun, main, main event, it'll depend on your taste and no people shows i guess but i don't know it's fun i so more or less i enjoy uh dt's takes on uh no people shows they i don't think this one was as good handling of it as previous shows because i think it's like the um one show that, that was at 2aw's shit their venue that was like that was, that was fun they handled it a lot well in their early dojo shows they were kind of like playing around with it but on this show they kind of just like Oh, it was dark in the arena, so no one could tell there's no people. Other than, like, the uh, Sasaki and Honda match, they didn't really even pay, like, pay any notice to it, I guess. But I don't know. 
I thought All Japan was doing really well with the No People aspect though this these past two shows, so got that. I guess I don't know. I don't know. I'm just babbling, I guess, a little bit. <laughs> but uh overall, three great three good to great shows. Fun I think you'll have a fun time with any of them if you yeah. decide to watch them. And then check out all them in fonts matches we suggested and get hype for the one of the best factions in professional wrestling. One of my personal favorites at least. <laughs> I can't have another freaking group to like. I'm tired of this. I already like like five, so. But uh, that's the main. That's the main show. No questions this week. So let's get into the matches of the week. Matches of the week this week. I didn't really watch a whole lot of wrestling other than the required like this the was shit. Basically all I watched. Yeah, I think this is all I watched too. Like I, I was gonna watch the Noah show, but I just never got around to it. And... Uh, I'm waiting. I'll just wait until the title match. So, like you said, the other one that was on this weekend didn't sound like super compelling for me. So I'll just I'll just wait till I get to see Nakajima win that title. But uh, <clears throat> for the matches we watched this week for the show, uh, Dan Tamura and Yoshitatsu versus Evolution from All Japan four thirty. Shotaro Shino and Yusuke Kodama versus Hokuto Amori and Takao Amori, same show. Yankee 2 Kenju versus Akira Francesco and Ketsumi Ohara from that same show. May 5th show, uh, Shotaro Shino Kumarashi versus Jake Lee and Koji Uomoto. Then from DT, May 2nd, Yoshihiko versus Yuki Ino. And uh, Dancho Gudino versus Akito, if you're interested in comedy. But if you're interested in a straight wrestling match, uh, check out Kazusada Higuchi versus Tetsuya Endo. From the same show. And then for the classic matches of the week, the Enfonts matches we talked about Shotaro Shino versus Manabu Soya, March 14th, 2018. Yusuke Kodama versus Seki Yoshioka from September 2nd, 2018. And Kumarashi versus Kojidoi from September 1st, 2019. But uh, that's it for this week, and I guess we're gonna have to figure out what we're gonna talk about next week. Well, at least we have the DDT show, the Noah show. Um, shit. Could finally uh, watch, talk about something that's not pro and talk about Money in the Bank. <laughs> Do you think I really want to fucking sit there and watch that fucking disaster? I want to see, I swear to God, if like, there better be like three or four people going off of that tower for me to even be remotely interested in that. Well, you don't want to watch uh, Bailey versus Tamina? <laughs> don't get me started on that shit, man. Please just don't. Have they announced anything else? All I know is the Money in the Bank matches that... Oh, fuck. Seth's face and Drew. Well, rip. Oh, fuck. I forgot about that. I know. <laughs> like, you, you know more about... You follow more WWE people than I do, and I don't know what the fuck's going on. I saw that in my timeline yesterday at Tamina and Bailey, and I was like, fucking really? <laughs> I wish they'd go away. I don't care. I'm like, no, this is the only way I keep seeing what's going on. I'm like, I just like some people there. Go away. But, uh, yeah, like she said, hopefully someone falls off. <laughs> Fucking Ray was basically saying, acting like he's going to fall off the building or something. No. So I'm like. No. No. Let AJ fucking Styles go off that building so he can actually die this time. Uh, But, um. Off of that, <laughs> went a little off the rails at the end, I guess. But uh, 
Either way, I hope you uh, enjoy this week's uh, episode and see you next week with some uh, Noah and Old Japan and whatever else I feel like talking about. If you want to follow the pod, you can do so at One Wrestling Pod. If you want to follow me personally, you can at ASPIR underscore. If you want to follow Caitlin, you can do so at Ticking Time Boss. And if you want to follow my uh, Wrestle One English coverage in the, the Wrestle One English archive, you can do so at W1 underscore ENG. But uh, that's it for us this week. Thank you all for listening, and we'll see you next time. See you next time.